News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. If you don't do anything else for your financial future, sort out your KiwiSaver. Okay, it's not quite as simple as that, but it's close. KiwiSaver has got so many goodies attached to it, including free money and help for getting your first home. But you do have to put in just 10 minutes of effort to make sure you're getting all the money you're entitled to. I encourage people to send me their money questions so that I can answer them on this podcast. And one that comes up over and over again is KiwiSaver. Will the government somehow steal your money? What on earth is the difference between all the different funds? And does it matter anyway? If you've signed up, then you're sorted, right? On that last point, signing up is only the beginning. Otherwise, you could be missing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars in free cash. But luckily, figuring things out is actually pretty simple. Promise. News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by David Boyle from the Commission for Financial Capability and basically all-around KiwiSaver superstar. Now live up to that <laughs> job title if you can. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, we do talk about a really wide range of financial things on this podcast, but I mean, I personally find it so interesting every time we talk about KiwiSaver, it's a popular episode. Um, and it's so relevant to people, but even after 10 years, people are really confused about certain aspects of it. So I put out the call on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and said, give me your questions. And I got a bunch. We're going to start with a question that I get all the time. Is KiwiSaver just a boring government run savings scheme? Crikey, I haven't heard that one, but um, it's. It's interesting someone has come up with that question. The KiwiSaver is, look, uh, you know my view on this, I'm very animated. Uh, I think I think it, it is a very, very good long-term saving scheme for most New Zealanders. It's not perfect for everyone. It's certainly not boring because there's a lot of choice. Uh, there's some incentives as well, and it's a great way to improve your overall financial well-being when you decide to stop work. Mm. So... Um, no, it's not boring. It has had a lot of changes, and yes, it is confusing to some extent, but hopefully today we'll be able to answer a bit more or d- demystify a lot of that confusion that perhaps is still out there even after 10 years, which does my head in sometimes. Oh, absolutely. But um, like I said, 2.8 million people, uh, if we can catch some of those people today and, and maybe help them or, or point them in the right direction, then that would be fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, with the government contributions and the employer contributions, that's the opposite of boring to me. You're getting free money. Look, you're right. I mean, it also applies to a lot of other things that are really important. One is, you know, the the eighth wonder of the world, as Albert Einstein said, is power of time and compound. I mean, that is just magical. And to save a little bit over a long time, the best way you can do that is through your your hard-earned work, which is salary or wages. And to take it out of that before you get it, so it's kind of invested, and it is invested. It doesn't go into a bank account, and it works for you. Plus, as you mentioned, the matching contribution in most cases from an employer. You put in three, they put in three. The thousand um, well, dollar, the member tax credit, which is a thousand and forty-two dollars, and you know I bang that drum so much because 
you know, over 520,000 New Zealanders did not, got, did not get any member tax credit last year. That means they missed out on a 50% return on every dollar they could put into that up to 1,042. So, yes, there's a lot of education still be done. Uh, that's a big role that we try and do at the Commission, but um, the work that you're helping with these uh, podcasts <laughs> is great to get that, that breadth and reach too, Francis. So good, good on you. Oh, thank you. I always <laughs> take a compliment when one's offered. <laughs> and saying like the, the government-run savings scheme thing, I mean, the government is actually fairly arm's length on this, right? And to say a savings scheme, like you hinted at before, it's not just rotting in a bank account somewhere. Not at all. I mean, the, the good thing that you know, KiwiSaver has been going 10 years, but it has also progressed through different governments as well. So it's, it is genuinely embedded into almost what I call, hopefully in time, our Kiwiana. It, you know, it is New Zealand. It's New Zealandized. It's legislated. But crikey, there's a lot of choices that providers can offer. And you've got a lot of choice of providers that you can invest your money in. So it's well worth doing a bit of research. And these are constant themes that if you get those right, you're well on track. And um, so, no, it's not dull and boring. The legislation's there to, to protect and make sure providers are doing what they have to do, but their job is to help their customers, investors like you and me, because I'm sure you're in KiwiSaver. Mm -hmm. Good news. Um, <laughs> me too, which would be crazy if I wasn't, uh, is making sure that your provider's providing the solution that you want as well, and we might be able to touch on that later too. Excellent. All right, so I went through my inbox on my Facebook page. And um, you can find me, by the way, if you want to send me a question, Francis Cook, journalist. And I can't always answer the question right away, but I went through all of the questions people have sent me over time. There is so much about people not trusting the government with their money. Uh, various forms of this. I had someone ask me if their KiwiSaver would be used to fund their pension. And I also had someone who was worried the government would freeze the account and take their money if they wanted it to fund some sort of government project. And lots of various messages along this theme over the last six months or so. So, can the government take your KiwiSaver money and do they even have access to it? Look, there are a range of questions that are aligned to, to one key area. Um, and it's probably worth just spending just a fraction of time on, on this, this part because... We had a credit crisis back in 2008 and we saw governments of other countries mm. having to look at their national pension schemes to help fund some of that crisis. Now, we have to remember that KiwiSaver, the great thing about KiwiSaver, it is in your own name. That means it's your money, whatever you've got in that is, is yours. It's not the government. The government doesn't invest this, remembering that they created the framework that allowed financial service providers like banks and fund managers to develop products that are invested not in government but into a range of different assets. And I don't want to go too technical, but good old cash, fixed interest, shares and property. Um, so the government can't take that money. It's yours. Uh, we get another question that, uh, around that same question as well as if I die, will the government will take my money away? No, they won't. Um, it is a myth. That money will then go through like any other asset that you have, whether it's through probate or whether you actually uh, need to go through the courts and to help mitigate that is why it's really important to have a will. So don't get me started on that. It's another topic. Um, if the, the other one that is probably worth thinking about that's somewhat aligned is 
people say, what about the, the provider or the company that's managing my money? What if they fall over? Will I lose my money? No, you won't. Because that money is not invested in the company. That company is managing your money in assets that are spread both nationally and internationally. So there is good protection. It doesn't protect you about the market volatility or, yes. oh, that's a bit of terminology, <laughs> so of, of, of rates going up and down or returns going up and down. But it does protect where the money is invested. Uh, and that's that's really important. It's Exactly. Yeah, the market can do all sorts of things. But in terms of your investment nest egg, this is a pretty safe as it gets sort of scheme. This is your money. It's not the government's money, but it's your money that is invested in not bank deposits. Uh, you know, it, it is invested in the market depending what fund you choose. So there will be uh, return fluctuations. It won't always be good, but crikey, we've gone through a wonderful purple patch around performance and returns. What I am worried about is when the market goes down and people look at their balance and they, where's my money gone? They'll be ringing up their provider and saying, who's stolen it? And of course, it hasn't been stolen. It's, this value's just gone down because of where they've invested it at the time. Mm, so don't freak course. out when that happens. Yeah. Because remember, you aren't going to be using that money today because it's for your future self. Well, exactly. It's a long-term investment. And that is why myself, as a young person, I'm in a growth account, which will go up and down. I'm waiting for the down. It's yep. going to happen. But hopefully by the time I'm 60, we'll be golden. You'll be laughing. Now, you did mention another thing that people have messaged me about, which is what happens if I die. Yes. So that's great. I mean, that's part of your will. What happens if someone gets divorced? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And again, um, there's another act, the Matrimonial um, Act, actually overrides the KiwiSaver Act in this case. Mm. So think of KiwiSaver just as another part of your matrimonial assets. Mm. So you might be in a relationship, that relationship is split, and it's clearly really important to get good legal advice on this, of, of how it works. But the, your KiwiSaver funds form part of that matrimonial asset. So that means they are and can be used and will be used as part of the division or split of those assets, uh, depending how that how that's kind of managed. So, they they're, they're not um, they're not locked in. They are a, they can be accessed to help with the balance of uh, t- total assets that the couple has at the time. Like a house, or just something. like a house. Yep, yeah. like house or yeah, investments, savings, shares, whatever. It mm-hmm. it all comes part of that. I guess it's not a very nice thing to go through, but but clearly. Uh, you know, it's part of the total um, household assets. So, hmm. all right. Now, the next one is a real bugbear for Ooh. me, um, and this is a case of it ain't what you know that gets you into trouble; it's what you know for sure that just ain't so. <laughs> right. So many people say to me, "Oh yes, I'm sorted. I've got a Kiwi Saver. It's fine." Um, and often it's someone in their young twenties or something. That's often the people that I'm hanging out with. Um. But if you say, great, what fund are you in? You can tell them we're fun at parties. Uh, they say, I don't know. That usually means they're in a default fund, which is conservative. So what's the issue with thinking you don't need to worry about what kind of KiwiSaver fund you're in? Oh, crikey. Um, a bugbear for yeah, you too, don't, huh? Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> there are a couple of elements we should touch on. First and foremost, uh, you know, picking the right fund is hugely important. Just being in KiwiSaver is not going to help you necessarily end up in a really good position when you decide to retire or stop work. Mm. 
So you need to make sure you're making contributions first and foremost, but in a fund that's going to help you get there in the long term. Now, if you're not going to use your money in the short term to buy your first home, um, then you want that money working hard for you. And I bet you're absolutely right. A lot of uh, younger New Zealanders have been automatically enrolled. And unfortunately, where they land up or supposedly parked is in a conservative fund. Now, simply speaking, that's 80% of your money in cash and fixed interest. And I'm talking about 30, 60, 90, maybe up to 180-day bank bills. But uh, only 20% of that money will be allocated to shares and property, which is going to give you the growth um, that, that you need. That money isn't working very hard. So it's not working really hard. And it's, look, it's, it's another thing that kind of really bugs me as well because – you know, I know providers are doing a lot of work in this, but it's so important that individuals take some responsibility. Yes, it's great. Big tick, they're in KiwiSaver, they're putting contributions in. Second big tick has to be getting the right fund and talk to someone about making sure which one's right for you. And the provider's a good place to start. Yeah. And here's the thing as well, is that I, I mean, guilty right here. <laughs> Until last year, I was in a default fund. <laughs> and so that's what? seven, eight years, because I was working through university as well. Um, yeah, maybe even 10 years of just conservative funds. Imagine the returns I've missed out on. It's horrifying. I don't want to think about it. But I thought it would be hard. So I went to, and here's a plug for you guys. Yep. I went to the Sorted Fund Finder, and that's, if you just Google Sorted just Fund sorted. Finder, yep. it yep. comes yep. right up. It comes right up. It's yeah. on our Sorted site as uh, a connection too. Perfect. And it makes it so easy. They rank your options. They lead you through it. They quiz you on where you're at in your life so that you know what sort of account is best for you. They've really made it so easy. And then you get your top five options. You pick. And then you go to that provider and you, I mean, for mine, I just gave them my IRD number and proof of ID. And they shifted it for me. It's very easy to find out and to make the switch. It took me, I think, 15 minutes. That's brilliant. Right? That's, it and shouldn't I thought be that it was hard. hard. No. I'd known for about three years. I mean, I was ignorant before that, but about three years I'd known I should be in growth, and I hadn't done it. It's not hard. It, it's not hard. The hard part is just the doing. Yeah. And, you know, you, the KiwiSaver Fund Fund is a great place to give you a bit of direction, and once you've found the provider that you think is going to be right for you, mm. Go to them and they'll make it really easy for you and they'll they'll take care of all the all the detail and then they shouldn't be and hopefully will be informing you how you're going as well and telling you where your money's invested and you know the cool thing this year uh, when you get your annual statement you're going to see the dollar amount that you're oh, paying it's in already fees gone up as well. like a hockey stick. <laughs> Well, hopefully the return's gone up as well. But I'm talking oh, about sorry, the fees. Oh, sorry, I mean the returns. Yeah, yes. well, so you're going to see on your annual statements, you're going to see the dollar fees that you're paying your provider, which will create, I suspect, quite a bit of conversation. Uh, yes. Yes. I actually, my first one that I picked, I didn't look at the fees. Now I have learned about the importance of fees and I've changed again. But it's okay. We're good now. Good. Just took a little bit of wriggling around. Um, so, okay, we're, I mean, we're already at the end of the episode, but I have two more questions, so we're going to try and rattle through them really quickly. Okay. In terms of people using KiwiSaver for a first home, what are the rules around that? Where do you start? So KiwiSaver is great for the first home buyer. So that after three years, you can actually take your contributions, your employer contributions, 
and uh, the member tax credit, other than leaving $1,000 into your account that you can use to go towards your first deposit. You may be also eligible with Housing New Zealand to get uh, a first-home buyer's grant as well, which you need to go to Housing New Zealand. They've got all the criteria on their website. It's brilliant. Um, but talk to your provider. They've got the forms, and they'll give you the information, also the, the balance that you'll be eligible to withdraw and it's a good idea to do that first before you start looking at buying your first home uh, so you get an idea of how much you can contribute to it as a deposit. Yeah, again, it's one of those things that's not as complicated as you expect it to be. You, I mean, you've got to fill out a few forms, but they're relatively okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, next one. Um, it can be tricky for people if they've worked overseas for a bit and Australia and England are the common ones. Of course, there are others. And people put money away there, hopefully, into the local version of KiwiSaver. Can you transfer that money back here into your KiwiSaver and can you use that for a first home? Look, it's great. A lot of younger New Zealanders coming back to New Zealand uh, to work. Yes. And, and it's great if they can bring their, their savings and investment back as well. So the simple answer is yes. If I split it in two very quickly, those that have got UK pensions or they're in UK pension schemes, they really should seek some financial advice there, either their bank or a financial advisor or those experts to deal because it's a bit more technical and far more uh, relative to your personal circumstances. So for those that are in UK, yes, you can, but there may be good reasons not to, depending on tax and a whole lot of other issues. When it comes to Australia, we've got this universal agreement uh, between Australia and New Zealand that you that New Zealanders can bring their um, their superannuation back. It's compulsory in New Z- uh, over in Australia, so anyone that's worked over there will have money. In fact, a lot of New Zealanders have lost money there, and they let's find it and bring it back to New Zealand. Mm. And KiwiSaver can, is and it can be used and is the only way you can get your money out of Australia. So if you've got a KiwiSaver account, your provider again. Most, if not all, will offer that service to find it for you, um, to help you find it, or and then to transfer it back for you. And they'll talk through the issues around accessibility uh, of those funds because um, they will be a little bit more fenced off compared to your other KiwiSaver contributions given the requirements they have over in Australia. So a bit technical, but go to your provider first and you absolutely can bring it back and it could be a good reason to as well. Yeah, and your provider will help you, hopefully. Uh, the good ones will, certainly. They want your business. Look, if they don't, find someone else. Let, yes. There's plenty of choice out there, and that, that really is important from time to time just to make sure you're with the right provider and be in the right fund as well. Mm. All right, well, that's all we have time for. I do think we need to do another of these myth-busting episodes at some point in the future. Besides, it's always a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. That's David Boyle from the Commission for Financial Capability. Now, if you have a question about this episode or something you'd like me to cover in future, I mean, as you've heard, I'm really open to your feedback and your questions. I want to answer them for you. So I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist. I've actually also just resuscitated my Instagram account. So if you want to talk to me while also looking at pictures of my cats, you can find me there at frankly snapping. My cats are really cute. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio. And until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.